What's up everybody? This is Steve with episode 2 of JRPG Society. So please sit back, relax, and enjoy the grind. Before we begin the main part of the episode, I'd like to apologize for the long wait. It's been a few weeks since the first episode, so in the future I do promise to make the wait a little less longer. Over the past few weeks, in between the various games that I've been playing, I've been watching a little anime by the name of Black Clover. It is a shonen about a young man whose goal is to become the Wizard King. But that's not what we're here to talk about today. For today's topic, I'd like to go over five little games that were originally anime, but are, were adapted into JRPGs. Some of these games take just a single story moment or story arc from the anime and adapt it into a game, while others have a complete original story. The first game on our list is Yu Yu Hakusho Tournament Tactic, a game that was released for the Game Boy Advance that adapts the story arc of the Dark Tournament into a tactical role-playing game. The game sees Yusuke and his team basically from the start of the Dark Tournament when they're on the ship to the end once he defeats Toguro. The game itself is divided into separate chapters, and within each of those chapters there are stages. There could be as many as five to six, maybe even more, and occasionally there are certain paths like you can go up instead of down and the stages might have different objectives from destroying all enemies which is pretty self-explanatory to pursuit in which you must chase down and destroy one of the demons which is a usually a turtle demon time destination which again self-explanatory you basically have to get to the other side of the map as quickly as you can and there's timed floodgate which is a combination between timed battle as well as destroy all enemies. Basically you gotta survive long enough until the destination opens up. You also are able to use five characters per um, stage and it can range from the core five of the tournament which is Yusuke, Kulbar, Hiei, Kurama, and the Masked Fighter to a few of the extras from the other teams which are Rinku, Chu, Jin, Yukina, and Toya. Unfortunately there's not any more but the characters they do give you are pretty cool and I'm sure most people have a set favorite anyways. I know for me I used Yusuke, Kuwabara, and Hiei a lot with Yukina since she's a pretty good healer in the game. And other than that, the level up system is pretty unique with this game. You basically put points into certain stats and depending on what points you have and what stats you can learn different moves like Yusuke's spirit gun and Kuwabara's spirit sword which he can make it long and that's one of his moves to uh, Kurama's rose whip. Although the Dark Tournament isn't it, after the, the main story is open, if you've gotten all the characters max level, there is a separate little map that opens up that I'm not going to spoil since it is pretty neat. So it's basically you're playing one game and then you're playing like half of another game basically. So it is well worth it to play. Unfortunately Yu Hakusho never caught on too big with the in the gaming scene, at least over here. We did get two other ones, one that was kind of an action fighting game where you were in the spirit realm and another uh, Dark Tournaments game which was just a fighting game which I played way back when and it was kind of hard but still fun nonetheless. And I would say if you like this game you'd probably like any of the other Final Fantasy Tactics games for the Game Boy Advance. The next animated RPG title I'd like to focus on is Full Metal Alchemist and The Broken Angel. It is the first of the two PS2 RPGs that we got that Square Enix released. They were pretty fun back in the day. They see you controlling both Edward and Alphonse as they um, journey around the world. Broken Angels is an action role-playing game, which is similar to that of a beat-em-up. The player takes control of Edward. Besides using his metallic arm as a sword, he can also transmute 
weapons to enhance attack power, similar to how you can make spears as well as cannons and such. You can also, I believe, create walls to block attacks as well as certain things to traverse areas. And the game also does incorporate RPG elements such as leveling up through experience that you gain by defeating enemies. And you can also get certain items in the stages as well. Both this game as well as its sequel, Full Metal Alchemist 2 and The Curse of the Crimson Elixir, have original stories and they are pretty fun. Um, Full Metal Alchemist 2 Curse of the Crimson Elixir kind of acts as a prequel to the first game and it focuses on them traveling to the city of Lior to deal far as a Cornelio as well as trying to find more out about the Philosopher's Stone. They are pretty fun. There was a third game that was released in this, um, I guess this, this series that we never got over here. I would say if you are a fan of the anime, whether it be Brotherhood or the original, these are more than worth a try. I remember playing them when I was a kid, and you can find them pretty cheap as well. Same thing with the Yu Hakusho Tournament Tactics. You can find that for, I believe I got it without the box for about 20-something on Amazon. The next game I would like to focus on is actually two games, but they kind of are the same. The first, They would be Shaman King, Legacy of Spirits, Stor Soaring Hawk, as well as Shaman King, Legacy of Spirits, Sprinting Wolf. They are role-playing games based on the Shaman King manga and anime series. They're released for the Game Boy Advance by Konami, and they're kind of the same. The only thing that really makes them different is the spirits that you can recruit. In a way, it acts kind of like the Pokemon games where you have red and yellow, but instead of this, it's Hawk and Wolf. Each game does, as I said, have different spirits. You do control Yo, the main character from the first game, and his goal is basically going to different spots on the map and talking to the people there and doing different tasks for them, which can range from your typical collecting items or beating certain enemies and such. You can flee battles and it kind of does act like the Pokemon where you have attack and you have certain like special abilities. Both Yo and his spirits gain experience as well as Yen, the money from the for this game. And the spirits themselves, they level up and it increases their attack power, health, and they learn new attacks. When Yo levels up, he gains the ability to command high-level spirits and merge them into, which is kind of like the SMT games where he has to be higher level to get higher spirits as well as to fuse higher spirits and, and such. There are 177 spirits in the game. It was pretty fun. I remember having a lot of good time to it. It's uh, similar to the Metabot games, which aren't part of the list, but I figured I'd mention them since it's kind of similar, where... Um, Metabots, they had one for the one yellow robot and one for this white or blue one. And essentially, you just had a different main main bot for each game, but you could still get different parts for them. It is a pretty fun game. Kind of forgettable, but if you want a variation on the Pokemon and you still have your Game Boy Advance, I'd recommend giving them a try. Can't hurt. You can find them cheap as well. Both Hawk and Sprinting Wolf are in the 20s with spinning wolf sprinting wolf excuse me going for about 20 while swearing hawk is about the 27 28 they are still readily available the fourth entry on the list would happen to be technically three games and that would be the dragon ball z the legacy of goku series the games act as action rpgs where you control various uh, z fighters as they go around the world and beating up enemies the first game covers up until the destruction of planet namek where Goku is the only playable character in that game. 
He travels through different stages from both Earth and Namek and gets experience by defeating enemies like a typical RPG, but also by doing certain missions. Of course, in the final stage, Goku does his infamous transformation. The second game, Legacy of Goku 2, picks up where the first one left off and continues until the end of the Cell games, where Gohan defeats the evil android cell. The second game introduces transformations where if you're playing one of the various Saiyans you can go up to Super Saiyan 1 or 2 depending on which Saiyan has which which uh, transformation as well as Goku's Kaioken. You could also supplement the character's various stats by using capsules which if you played any DBZ game you know what they are. And the second game you can play as Goku, Gohan, Piccolo, Vegeta, Trunks, and Goku again. Because, I mean, if you know anything about the Android Saga, you know that for a large portion of it, Goku is not even in it. And if you beat the game and you uh, continue playing on, you will be able to unlock one other mystery character, but I'll let that one be a surprise. The last game in the trilogy is Boo's Fury. And of course, as you can imagine, the game focuses on the final part of Z, which is the Boo arc. In this uh, game, it did add the ability to add equipment to your characters to improve their stats and give various other benefits. And you could also allocate skill points to like attack, key, and stuff like that. And it also added something that should have been in the games from the very start, and that was the ability to block other enemies' attacks. And this one, you can play as Goku, Gohan, Goge Goten, Vegeta, and Kid Trunks. And you can also unlock the fusions of Gotenks and Gogeta. Overall, these games are pretty fun, and any fan of Dragon Ball Z should give them a try. These games are easy enough to find. The first one is actually the most expensive, and you can find for about $5, but in order to find a good copy, which I would suggest, it can cost you a pretty penny, at least more than 30 because you got to remember with these old games, they do have batteries in them, and you could actually get pirated copies, so you want to make sure you actually get a legit copy. If you could, I'd suggest finding the first one in a complete inbox. I'm sure if you do enough um, searching around, you might even be able to find one from your various uh, thrift shops around where you live, or maybe even still find one at GameStop, because they started doing the trade-ins of retro stuff. Um, Legacy of Goku 2, you can find a little cheaper, I saw anywhere from $30, but the same still goes about um, making sure that you can find a legit copy. Booze Furry is the cheapest. It is only about 20 bucks. Uh, that's about as expensive as it gets. There are a few other Dragon Ball games for this, but for the Game Boy Advance, which these games are on, but they tend to cost a little bit more, or they don't really fit the typical mold like any popular property from back then. They, um, they have a fighting game, and... Every, and things like that. The last game I'm going to go over today is um, one that would probably be the best bet on availability since you can purchase it digitally from probably most consoles as well as Steam now and that would be the Digimon Cyber Sleuth games. We have the original Digimon Cyber Sleuth and the sequel, well kind of sequel, kind of parallel Digimon Cyber Sleuth Hacker's Memory and both of them have amazing stories a lot more adult than you would think for being based off of the Digimon properties and they're just fun to boot. It's kind of like a Pokemon game in a way. You get a Digimon at the start, you get to choose from one of three and each game they're different and then you get to Digivolve that Digimon to its next stage but you have to meet certain requirements like their strength might need to be high at certain one like 55 or something like that or they might have to have enough cam which is one of the stats you gain from 
either putting them in a bank and feeding them meat or just using them in battle as well as to get some of the more higher end ones like the metal evolutions or certain other digi evolutions you have to have certain items like eggs eggs or crests or things like that and it can get pretty in-depth because you can say you Digivolve Agumante Greymon. You can learn skills there because each of them more or less have e either three to five skills they learn depending on what their Digimon evolution is. And then you can de-Digivolve um, Greymon back to Agumon. Then you can Digivolve him into something else because for the most part each of them have three different Digimon they can Digivolve in. So it gets pretty in-depth. You can pretty much do make any type of one you want. You can you don't want to focus on defense, you can teach them defensive moves. You want a healer, basically Digivolve them into Angemon, get a bunch of the healing ones, and then Digivolve them back to whatever you want. They are really fun games and they act in tandem with each other. You have to play, well, you don't have to, but I severely suggest playing the first one before you get into Hacker's Memory because not only do you have carryover bonuses, but that is the main story. Hacker's Memory acts as a parallel that happens at the same time as the original. And that's the last game that I'm going to go over today. There are a bunch of other and other games, and I will at some point go over them. I know this is kind of an informal list in a way. I'm just trying to be a little more loose because my last one on Shadow Hearts was a little too structured. So just let me know what you think. So I know that this episode has so far been short and hopefully sweet, but I figured we'd go over a few games that fit the JRPG, but sometimes I don't hear people talk about that often. If you guys know any other ones that are based off of anime, please do let me know. I'll give my email at the end of the episode. Because I'm always looking for other games to play that are based off of some of my favorite anime. There have been a few fighting games based off of them, but it doesn't seem like nowadays you get any other RPGs. I know that Black Clover has a fighting game, Seven Deadly Sins has a fighting game, of course there's Jump Force. But the closest that I've seen that's basically anime is um, Pokemon, Digimon. Those are the two primary ones I know. I know Yokai Watch exists, but I've never tried them. But as far as I can tell, that they're just another Pokemon clone. Well, not clone, but they're another game that's like Pokemon. And to be honest, most of the games that I went over here, other than Full Metal Alchemist and Legacy of Goku, have been kind of like Pokemon in a way. Well, I guess it never hurts to have an alternative to the mainline Pokemon games. Because who knows, you might not like Pokemon that much. You might like Shaman King more. And in which case you're covered. It's actually a pretty good question. And I'll pose it to people that are listening, or that do listen. What RPGs, they can be action RPGs, turn-based RPGs, or a hybrid, have you played that are based off of anime? And... If you want to throw in a few lesser-known anime fighting games, you can as well, but I'd mainly like to know what RPGs you've all found. And, as I said before, that about does it for this section. So now I guess I'll go on to what I've been doing for the past few weeks. Over the past few weeks, I've played a few games that would be in the JRPG realm. I did play a little bit of Dark Cloud 2, but I started up a save file that I started quite a while ago so uh, I wasn't quite sure what to do or even what I was attempting to do I know I didn't make it that far I was still on the first uh, major dungeon after you leave the town so I ended up I guess effectively rage quitting that but then I decided you know what let's start over again but instead of starting over from the beginning on number two I decided why not go back to 
Dark Cloud 1 and start there. Which I did. And so far I am about six hours in. I am on the second town that you gotta remake. And I got the one guy that lives in the treehouse. I don't remember his name, but he seems like he has a lot of issues to work through. So far the game is pretty fun. So don't really remember too much about it, but after listening to a podcast, I did figure out some tips. And one of the ones is that I'm now back in the first dungeon trying to get your little uh, cat girl, Zhao's, um, thief weapon so I can get one of the trophies easily enough and I don't have to end up going back. Because one of the things I want to do with the PS2 games on the PS4 is try to platinum them all. It might not always happen, but that is my goal. Other than Dark Cloud 1, I have been playing Final Fantasy XIV. I'm level 28 on my Lancer. Can't wait to try Dragoon. I'm also about the same for my botanist. I do botany about an hour a day so I can level it up as well as get some items for money. I've been selling most of the stuff I make on the marketplace because I really don't want to focus on um, crafting as well right now. Other than that, the story is kind of slow at the moment. I honestly don't really care much about the Scions as it is right now. And I do skip some of the quest dialogue, but occasionally I read it just to see if anything's picked up. But I hear that it does start picking up in Heaven's Word, but that's effectively probably another 30 to 40 hours in. As far as story, I only got up to the point where I just defeated the Primal Ifrit. So we'll see about that. I'll let you all know. Uh, other than that, I did pick up Fire Emblem Three Houses for my Switch. Not too far into that. Only chapter three or four. I did chose the Golden Deer, and Claude is awesome. He's the typical character that I usually like in anime. The prankster, but you know he's hiding something serious. I do plan on going through the other routes, assuming that there is a point. I'm not sure how the stories work, if they're all different, or if choices can send you down the same path or whatnot. Um, a future project for the rest of the week that I do plan on doing is restarting uh, Final Fantasy VII for the PlayStation 4. The PS1 one, that is. Because I want to compare the two, the remake, when it comes out in March, and basically see with a fresh mind what they added, what they changed, what they altered. Other than that, it's not been pretty eventful. I mean, as I said earlier, I have been watching Black Clover. That's the only anime I've been watching. There's a few on uh, Netflix that I want to try to get into, like uh, Kengen Ashura, or Ashura. I'm not sure how you pronounce it, but that looks pretty neat. It's all CGI, but it looks similar to Baki, so it should be at least fun, if anything. That's about it for anime. Uh, as for TV shows, I have been watching Arrow lately. I want to catch up since it's ending. It's enjoyable. A lot of rinse and repeat, but the characters are likable at least. I didn't remember too much about it, so I started over, so I'm at the end of Season 2 now. Probably will be on Season 3 when this goes live. And that's about it. Other than work, of course. So, I know this has been a pretty short episode, but I hope you guys have enjoyed. So, if you have any comments, feel free to email me at jrpg, all capital, underscore, society with a capital S, 1, as in the number 1, 
at yahoo.com. Let me know if I messed up anything. Do you have any questions? you want to give any suggestions? I am new at this, so feel free to um, drop whatever info you have. Other than that, this is your host, Steve, signing off. Have a good night. Have a good day. Have a good week. And make sure you get some meaningful level up. <music>